0: This is Brain Diet, episode number 58. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. I actually just finished editing this episode and then I remembered there was something really important that I forgot to tell you about the gym for your mind. You know that if you join the gym for your mind, you get access to my course, the diet that has nothing to do with food. You get access to Ask Taylor Ann where you can write to me at any time for some written coaching. And we also do weekly live group coaching. What I am adding, however, is for all members of the gym for your mind, you get two private sessions with me per month. So these are two 20 minute sessions where it is just you and me coaching. I know so many of you are looking for more of a private approach and so I wanted to include that element. So if you are looking for that, if you want a more private approach to coaching and you still want all of the other perks that are available in the gym for your mind to really cultivate mental health, then I hope that this accomplishes that. So if you join, you get access to April's course, which is how to be confident. We are talking all about how to be confident this month inside the gym for your mind. And now you have the ability to have two private sessions with me per month. So if you're interested in that, please, Please check that out in the link below and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. How are you? I wish I could talk to each of you individually and get the answer to that question. I wish I could get into each of your brains. But since I can't, I am just going to teach you something that I hope will help you, even though I can't talk to you directly right now, except if you join the gym for your mind, then I can talk to you directly, in which case I would be over the moon excited. So if you want to join that, then yes, you should look into it because it's awesome. Super fun in there. What I am teaching you today is what I like to call the missing piece in self-help. I've always loved self-help. It's something I had a genuine interest in at a young age, and I think I utilized therapy at a relatively young age and saw... The benefits of paying attention to your mind and taking care of your mind. But a lot of the material that I consumed in relation to self help, I've said this before many times, but there's a lot that I can't remember that kind of went in one ear and out the other. There's a lot that really sounded so great in the moment. And then i just kind of left it there. i didn't really really apply it in a way that started to facilitate change for me that really started to change my life. i think that oftentimes we do read a good book or listen to a good you know talk, ted talk, something like that that can feel like it edifies us and and does us good and i i am a huge proponent of always listening to those things. but i think that knowing The missing piece in all of it is what really allows us to make change for ourselves. So that's what I'm sharing with you today. I'm sharing with you the missing piece in self-help. The way that I think about this missing piece is in an arch, that centerpiece at the very top is called the keystone or the capstone. So if you visualize with me like um, an arch that's made of stone that has all stone blocks that go up the side and then meet at the top. I mean, you guys know what arches are, right? But just visualize this with me. If you have an arch, that centerpiece, without it, all of the other blocks fall. Without it, that arch can't sustain any weight. Without it, the arch doesn't exist, period. So when I Googled keystone, just to get a definition, it says in an arch, it is the final piece placed during construction and locks all the stones into position, allowing the arch to bear weight. So that's the definition of this keystone. And that's what I believe is the missing piece to self-help. Stay with me for a minute. The missing piece is essentially you. Now, what do I mean by that? Your individual circumstances that you encounter every single day And your individual brain are the missing pieces to self-help. And I'll explain more what I mean by that. But as long as we have all these other blocks of self-help, none of it is able to bear weight and to create something that lasts unless we know what's going on with you first, Unless we have some context about what it is that you are experiencing and what it is that you are thinking in order to apply all of the self-help that we want to apply. We have to know where you are coming from. You are the missing piece. Your brain is the missing piece. So what I've done today is I looked online and just accumulated a number of different self-help quotes, Uh, some of the typical kind of cliches or just some of the things that you hear relatively often, or there were a couple even that like I've seen on signs in people's homes and all of them are great. And I have seen many of them many times, but because I understand me and my individual brain and my thoughts that I think every day, these quotes have taken on a new meaning. And so like I said, what I've done is I've just picked a few of them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to apply the missing piece. I'm going to apply a brain. Sometimes it's my brain. Sometimes it's other people that I've coached, but I'm just going to give you some context, some missing information that we can fill in that then allows us to build the arch of healthy mental states, of healthy emotional states. Okay. So the first quote um, says, it's not about getting to a destination and then being happy. It's about finding happiness In the pursuit of a destination. I think there are a lot of quotes that are out there that are similar to this. It's about finding happiness in pursuit of the destination or happiness in pursuit of the goal. And that quote sounds really nice. And I've heard that quote many times, but reflecting back on how I've actually applied it to my own brain has really given it new meaning. So now when I see self-help quotes, I'm much more able to use me and my brain in order to apply them if I want to. So again, I know this might sound a little bit not easily understood, but I'm going to give you some context that hopefully will illustrate what it is that I'm talking about. So, okay. We have this idea that it's not about getting to a destination and being happy. It's about finding happiness in pursuit of a destination. So I want to take the context, the circumstance of weight loss. Let's say that someone is on the journey of weight loss. If it, whatever it is, is about finding happiness in pursuit of this weight loss goal of the destination of whatever the weight loss goal is, if that's the goal, then the missing piece to applying that is what's currently happening in your brain. So when I coach people on weight loss, sometimes they start on the journey of weight loss with a thought like, I hate my body or with a thought like I'm not good enough. So if you have that specific thought in your brain in relation to the context of weight loss, you aren't going to be able to apply this quote. You aren't aren't going to be able to find happiness in pursuit of weight loss because you're going to have a thought like, I hate my body or I'm not good enough. And those thoughts feel terrible. So of course the journey is going to be terrible. The pursuit of the goal is going to feel terrible. In order to give you some more info to paint the picture is if we have this circumstance, weight loss, we want to lose weight. And we have this thought, I hate my body, or we have this thought that I'm not good enough. If we lose the weight, our brain and our individual unique thoughts come with us. And I mean, a thought like I hate my body or I'm not good enough isn't necessarily unique. This is a very common one among people, but they think when I lose the weight, then I won't have these thoughts anymore. I won't think these thoughts anymore but our brain goes with us wherever we go. And whatever we do, if we lose the weight or don't lose the weight, our brain is always going to be with us. What ends up happening is we think that weight loss will make us happy. But weight, whatever you weigh, is just an outside circumstance. I mean, it is your literal body, but it's just it's just data. It's just information. It's neutral. So how you feel about your body comes from how you are thinking about it. How you feel about your worthiness comes from how you're thinking about your worthiness and not from your body or what it looks like. Our weight is neutral. So this means that in order to find happiness in pursuit of weight loss, in order to apply this quote, we can first identify the thought that's blocking us from applying it, which in this case is what I said. I hate my body. I'm not good enough. Anything in that realm, right? We have to identify something specific, the specific thought that's blocking us from applying this quote. So once we can Find that, we can identify that thought amongst many other thoughts that are blocking our happiness in relation to a destination, in relation to a goal, in relation to our body. Because then, once we can identify those specific thoughts, we can decide how to work on them in a way to change them, to think differently. Because then, if we have that specific information that's going on in your brain around this specific circumstance for you, then this idea of finding happiness in the pursuit of a destination, it makes it so much more concrete because then you have some context. You're like, okay, my destination is this number on the scale. So if I want to find happiness along the way, I have to stop thinking a thought like I hate my body or a thought like I'm not good enough. So hopefully that's the first quote. Hopefully that gives you some context into What I'm talking about, when I say that you are the missing piece, we have these quotes that are just these umbrella quotes that are amazing. But once we get really specific, once we have that keystone in the middle, that's you and your brain and your circumstances, that's where the money is. That's where we make change. That's where we start to really create some traction so that you can actually find happiness in pursuit of a destination. The next quote is, we cannot direct the wind, but we can adjust the sails. This is a great quote. It sounds really nice and it sounds very inspiring, but then we go about our life and we still feel kind of miserable and terrible and we feel like everything's happening to us. So where's the missing piece? It's you and your brain. So this example I'm going to give you is straight from my own brain. The circumstance is my week and how I plan my week, how it is that I plan my tasks, my errands, things with kids. That's my week. And then the wind that comes is all of the things that are unexpected, that maybe aren't going the way that I thought, or maybe, you know, something goes wrong, or I have to make adjustments, whatever it might be. So that's the wind. We have the context of, okay, my week, this is how I plan. And then the wind comes causing me to say, okay, I have to reevaluate. Initially, my thought was something along the lines of, I wish I could just catch a break. Like I would plan my week and then something would go wrong. And I just would be like... This isn't cool. I planned this and now I'm stuck having to deal with this and this is terrible, right? I had to identify that I was thinking those thoughts about my week and about when things weren't going as planned and about when things came up that were unexpected. That was my initial thought. But once I could see that, I could recognize that. I could recognize those specific thoughts around my week and my plans. I was able to be like, oh, okay. So I can recognize the wind that I'm encountering. And I can recognize that the sales I got to change or the sales that I got to direct are the thoughts that I'm thinking about when things don't go as planned. So now I still plan my week. I'm an excellent planner. I love to plan. And I also understand that every single week things aren't going to go as planned. And so the way that I think on purpose is this is like a game, bring it on. I'm really good at dealing with unexpected things. I've totally changed the dialogue about my week. In order to change my life because there are always going to be unexpected things so if that's the case like let's look at this quote we cannot direct the wind but we can adjust the sails once we have some context and then some information about the thoughts that we are thinking about that context we can decide oh okay what do i want to think on purpose because right now this thought is what's making me feel terrible something like i wish i could just catch a break and then what do i want to think on purpose that allows me to quote unquote adjust the sails in order to change my life. So I'm not feeling like everything's happening to me all the time, yeah? All right, next quote is, enjoy the journey. This is probably the most common, most well-known of the quotes that I'm giving you today. I think it's pretty basic in terms of self-help. Enjoy the journey. Again, the example that I'm gonna give you for this keystone, this missing piece, is from my own brain, again. If we are constantly on to the next thing and not celebrating the success that we've made, then we probably aren't enjoying the journey. So the context in this case, for me, when I was in high school, it was tests. I had tests all the time. High school, you high schoolers, there are just tests all the time. We always have tests. No matter what test I took and no matter how well I did on it, I never spent any time celebrating the success of completing it or you know, getting a grade that I wanted, or even just doing it in the first place, like showing up in the first place, I would just be on to okay, when's the next one? What I got to study for. I was just in this constant mode of stress and thinking about the next test. So the circumstance in this case, the context is tests in high school. That's just the, the basic information, the data that we have. And then my thought was something like the next test will be so stressful. That was the thought that I was thinking all the time. So even though I would take tests and I would do really well, or sometimes I wouldn't do really well or whatever, but I just would finish them anyway. I never spent any time thinking about them. I never spent any time praising myself or giving myself any credit for what I had done. So once I kind of realized that, and I mean, this is, you know, in retrospect, because at the time i never was exposed to any of these coaching tools. (laughs) I wish I would have so badly, but now I know and I can see back in my own brain what would have been so helpful for me. So what would have been helpful is that there's this idea of enjoy the journey and I would hear that and I'd be like, okay, like what is, okay, thank you for telling me that. I don't don't know what I'm supposed to do with that information, (laughs) but if we were to take the specific context of these tests and identify that I was thinking a thought like these next tests will be so stressful or the very next test will be so stressful, it would give me some leverage to reflect and be like, okay, I'm thinking that thought. Do I want to be thinking that thought? Is that thought helping me or serving me? Does it feel good to think that thought? No, the answer is no to all those questions. So then again, I could take the context and take the thought that I was having about it and decide how do I wanna think about this on purpose? How do I wanna think about the tests that I am taking in high school? And if I could go back, every time I finished a test, I would have probably done a happy dance. And if I couldn't have literally done one, I would have done one mentally. I would have really celebrated myself. And I wouldn't have been silly about it. I would have been like, good job. You did something hard. You could have just slept in. You could have just not gone to school, but you showed up and you took this test. Good job. That's what I would have done. So if you are in high school and you listen to this, I want you to celebrate yourself every time you finish something, every time you finish a test, every time you finish a project or even just go to class, celebrate yourself. So, okay. Enjoy the journey. That's a little bit of specific context. So when you see that quote, I want you to think about a specific area in your life that perhaps you aren't enjoying the journey and I want you to identify the facts of it and I want you to, to identify the thoughts you are thinking about them. So you've got your, t- your tests and then what is it that you're thinking about your tests? And then you want to think something else on purpose. That is how you enjoy the journey is you recognize what thoughts are preventing you from enjoying it. Next quote is something along the lines of you can't pour from an empty cup, take care of yourself first. This is one that I remember thinking when I was a new mom before I had hired a coach and been exposed to a lot of this work, I was like, well, but I am more noble if I don't take care of myself first. Like I, I I just didn't really understand why people kept saying this until I had my young, young kid at the time. And I was so apprehensive about taking him to the gym. I know I've given this example on the podcast before, but this was just such a light bulb moment for me is I was so apprehensive to take him to the gym and leave him at the kid care to go work out for 90 minutes or not 90 minutes, just whatever the time frame was. I was so nervous about it because my thought at the time was something like good moms are always with their kids or good moms don't leave their kids in other people's care. And because I thought those things, I felt so guilty. So then I would beat myself up and I would sacrifice myself and I would burn the candle at both ends and then I would resent being a mom the whole time. And when I'm feeling all of that, when I'm doing all of that, of course, I'm not showing up as the mom that I want to be. So the reason that this, this um, mantra is so important is because when you think a thought that prevents you from showing up in the way that you want, when you think a thought like good moms are always with their kids, so then you feel guilty and then you beat yourself up and then you resent your kids, it's not creating a useful result. That's why it's so important to identify that thought and recognize that it doesn't necessarily have to be true for you. You don't have to think that if you don't want to. I have now learned that good moms are oftentimes not with their kids. That's certainly true for me. I'm a much better mom when I'm not with my kids all the time. I also am a really good mom. I'm even a much better mom when I do leave my kids in other people's care. So I had the thought, I had those thoughts in the first place, that good moms are always with their kids. Good moms don't leave their kids in other people's care. I recognized those and I realized how terrible that all manifested in my life. And I decided to think on purpose, I'm a better mom when I exercise, period. I could finally see why this thought rang true for me. That for me, going to the gym made me better for my kids. So whether you are a parent or someone that runs a business or has anything outside of you that you put energy into... Take that context and examine what you currently think that blocks you from taking care of yourself first and then decide, do I want to think that on purpose? The next quote is be the change you want to see in the world. I was coaching a woman the other day and she was feeling really overwhelmed and sad about all of the war and sex trafficking that happens in the world. And we started to discuss like what her thoughts were about war. And sex trafficking because those things do exist in the world and one of the thoughts that she had was nothing that i do makes a difference so we questioned that thought we looked at if that was really true and we also looked at what result that created when she thought nothing i do makes a difference she felt overwhelmed and when you feel overwhelmed we know we don't do a whole lot it was a lot of inaction so of course she didn't make a difference because she wasn't doing anything Because of this overwhelm she was feeling, because of this thought, nothing I do makes a difference. She thought this was just true. And she thought that she was just stating fact when she presented this idea. Nothing I do makes a difference. We identified this, we questioned this and we decided, no, that's not true. Not true at all. In fact, there's so much that she does and that she can do that will make a difference. So we came up with an intentional thought. I always have something to give that can help. This was the context for this quote, because I mean, war and sex trafficking, that's a very large thing that happens in the world, but there are specific items that perhaps we want to make a difference for. So if you can identify those specific things you want to change and question, what is it that I'm thinking that's blocking me from showing up in the way that I want to show up in this area? The next quote is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. When I was looking through self-help quotes this one came up and it said it was wayne gretzky is it wayne gretzky or i feel like it's an nba player that said that i don't know but if it is wayne i love hockey so much so shout out to my main man whether or not you said this i still think you're great if we were to take this analogy and apply it to something minor something like a candle <laughs> if you have a candle that you are constantly thinking, I want to save this. I want to save it for a special occasion and you aren't burning it, you're missing out on 100% of enjoying the candle because you're so focused on waiting to save it for another time. You are not enjoying the candle in the moment that you have it. Now this seems like kind of a dumb example using a candle, but it's kind of powerful because I think we have so many examples that fly under the radar that are just so simple. And so using this candle example, I hope kind of illustrates to you a little bit how when you have something and you have a thought that prevents you from using it, then you miss out on it, which doesn't make sense because then we don't get to enjoy it in the first place, which is what we want to do, right? We're trying to save it to enjoy it and that prevents us from enjoying it. Another example that might be a little bit more relevant to this, apart from a candle (laughs) is failure, okay? So if... If we think of this idea of you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, if we are concerned about taking a shot because we're concerned about failing, then of course we are going to fail. It will be guaranteed that we fail because we aren't trying in the first place. The example that I want to give you is dating. I coach people on dating because they want to find relationships. They're ready to you know, move to that next phase of their life. And I always offer them, what if you were to go on 100 dates? What do you think about that? Because a lot of times they'll go on one date and they will be like, oh, it was just awful. And I don't know. And does he like me? And it just was really hard. And I had all this drama in my brain, like it just is this whole drama. And I always come back at them with, okay, so that's one out of a hundred. So what if you're willing to go on a hundred dates? The chances of finding someone that you want to be with are much higher than the chances of that one person, that one date being the person you want to spend your life with. When you are not taking action in something, you are missing out. So whether it's candles or finding the person you want to be with for the rest of your life, if you aren't taking action, then of course you are preventing yourself from having a chance at succeeding. So how I want you to consider applying a thought like this is to notice where it is that you want something that you aren't taking action for and to question, what am I thinking about this that's preventing me from taking action and why? The next quote is life is all about perspective or another one, life is simple. We just have to change our perspective this is one that I heard a lot as a kid. And I'm going to, again, reference my own brain and reference my high school experience because I feel like there were so many things that were crazy difficult for me that I hopefully can share things with you that are helpful because there were so many things where I just am like, oh my gosh, that was such a nightmare. <laughs> I wish I would have known these things that would have made such a difference. When I was in that mode of stress over tests and life and all the things that I mentioned earlier, my dad would always tell me, he'd say something like, what matters now won't matter in five years and at the time i was like okay i mean i kind of believe you but i still it didn't make sense to me i was like okay what am i supposed to do with that i mean i know you're right but i still feel terrible about all the stress that i'm experiencing (laughs) what i didn't know at the time what i didn't have at the time the missing piece of what was going on in my brain that was blocking me from believing that were thoughts like all my worth is in this ap exam or this AP exam is extremely important. I mean, those thoughts feel terrible. (laughs) I feel like I'm transporting right back there and remembering how terrible it felt to be thinking this way about my high school experience, about thinking all of these thoughts that felt so terrible about just being in high school and being a kid, what I could have done in high school was first identify those thoughts and really start to question them. Are they true? Are they necessary? Do I really want to think them? Do I have to think them? No, I don't. And then it would have given me an out to think something different that would have really allowed me to feel better and have a different experience. It would open up the possibility for me to really believe what my dad was telling me. What matters now won't matter in five years. All it would have taken was me looking at my own brain and looking at what wasn't working in my own brain. So then I could really see that I was in control of how I was feeling and that I had all the authority to change it and to really believe what my dad was telling me. I just needed to recognize that. I needed to really see what was happening first. Now, that thought that my dad gave me those years ago is my jam. Everything I do, everything I stress about, I'm like, you know what? I'm having this thought that this is really important, but I'm going to question that. I really don't think it is. I really think that in five years, this isn't going to be a big deal. And I'm just going to be proud of myself for showing up. In order for us to apply them, it requires us to see our thoughts as optional, to identify the missing piece, you and your brain, what it is you think about your specific circumstances and to see those thoughts as optional. That's what we have to do. And that is the most amazing news because everything that I've shared with you today, like all of those experiences, the negative experiences, emotional experiences, it's all optional based on how we're thinking. And that's what we have authority over. But until we can see that, we're not going to have the ability to change it. So that's why it's the missing piece. We have no ability to change things in our lives until we see what we are thinking is optional. And in order to know what we are thinking, we have to pay attention to what we are thinking. So in order to embody these quotes and mantras and whatever it is, you have to find your unique thought or thoughts that are blocking you from making it true. And in order to find those thoughts, you have to find a specific circumstance in your life that you are having those thoughts about. That's why I teach so passionately about thought downloads and about getting to know your brain. Because if you want to apply all the self-help that's out there, there's so much amazing information in the world. If you want to apply it, you have to have the specific context of circumstances from your life and the thoughts you have about those circumstances that are blocking you from applying all of that self-help. You and your brain are that keystone. So get to know your brain and you will be able to help yourself better than anyone else outside of you can help you. That's all I have for you, everyone. What an episode, a little bit longer this time. I was kind of on a rant, but I just am passionate about you and your brain. And what I want for you is to apply all the self-help in the world. I want you to be able to change your life just by looking at your brain and examining what needs to be changed. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you next week.